Welcome to episode 9 of Staging Shakespeare. Thanks for listening. I'm calling this episode Shakespeare on TV. And it isn't going to follow the usual format of these podcasts. Normally, as you'll know if you're a regular listener, I pick out a particular staging problem from a Shakespeare play and shake it about for a bit until, hopefully, it makes some kind of sense. Sometimes I use past productions I've staged or seen to illustrate the points I want to make. In every case, though, my focus is on what happens when we put the plays of Shakespeare on stage in live performance. So it probably seems a bit perverse to be talking about Shakespeare on TV. Nevertheless, that's what I'm going to do. Because in the last couple of days, the difference between watching a play live in a theatre and watching it on television has been forcefully brought to my attention, motivating me to do this podcast while the issues are still very much in the forefront of my mind. On the 16th of December 2019, I booked to see two plays at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre in Stratford-upon-Avon. Little did I know, when I made those bookings, that a few weeks later the world would be overwhelmed by the COVID-19 pandemic, causing the Royal Shakespeare Company, along with every other performance organisation in the country, to suspend its activities and postpone or cancel its scheduled performances. And so, the performances of Pericles, Prince of Tyre and The Winter's Tale, which I booked to see on the 1st of October 2020, never took place. Pericles appears to be indefinitely shelved by the company, but The Winter's Tale went into a kind of hibernation, from which it was awoken recently in order that it could be filmed and then broadcast on BBC4. That broadcast took place on Sunday the 25th of April 2021 and naturally I was excited to be able to see the production which I'd hoped to see in October 2020. So I settled down in front of the TV at 7pm and watched. And what I saw had a profound effect on me. In case you didn't see the TV broadcast, it's still available on BBC iPlayer if you want to catch it, it was filmed in the Royal Shakespeare Theatre in front of an empty auditorium. In effect, it was like watching a TV version of the actual production I had booked to see, from the best seats in the house. The production was directed by Erica Wyman, the RSC's Deputy Artistic Director, and featured Joseph Klosker as Leontes and Kemi Bo Jacobs as Hermione. Andrew French was Polixenes, and Georgia Landers was Perdita. The set was by Tom Piper, 
and Madeleine Girling designed the costumes, the setting being 1953 for the first half of the play, moving to the flower power era of the 1960s for the switch from Sicilia to Bohemia. All of that would seem to me to promise a production which would deliver. And yet, unfortunately, in my opinion, it didn't. And the question I need to ask is, why? Because in these Covid times, more and more theatre, not just Shakespeare, is finding its way onto the small screen. And whilst I understand what is motivating this, I'm concerned that viewers will find the experience underwhelming and perhaps conclude that live theatre isn't really all it's cracked up to be. If that is the case, then theatre on TV, and in particular Shakespeare on TV, may end up doing as much harm as good. Why do we go to the theatre? It's a funny thing to do, really. Pre-Covid, we used to cram together with a crowd of other people, complete strangers we didn't know, in most cases in a building specifically set aside for the purpose of allowing us to watch other people pretending to be people they weren't. These other people, actors, performers, would dress up in special costumes and say words that had been written by somebody else, specifically in the case of Shakespeare, a somebody else who lived at the end of the 16th and the start of the 17th centuries, over 400 years ago. The more you think about it, the odder it seems. And yet, for those of us who love that experience, it is life-affirming. It brings us into the same place as fellow human beings and asks us for a moment to put aside our own cares and considerations and focus our attention on the lives of fictional characters whose trials and tribulations may touch us deeply, sending us out into the night, not just thinking about their stories, but how those fictional narratives tell us something about the nature of what it is to be human. In doing so, the plays we watch tell us something about ourselves and about our own lives too. Now, of course, you can make similar claims for the novel and for films and TV dramas, but there is a difference. Generally, the reading of novels is a solitary experience. The watching of TV dramas is usually only done along with other members of your family. In the cinema, yes, you do share the viewing with other strangers as you do in the theatre, but the actors in the film are not there along with you. It's only in theatre, or Indeed, other performing arts like opera and ballet, 
that the performers share the performance space with the audience. And in the Royal Shakespeare Theatre's newly reconfigured main house, or in the smaller auditorium of the Swan Theatre, there is a very real sense of the actors and audience inhabiting a space together. And up and down the country, all over the world, there are many theatres where this feels increasingly true, as we rediscover the need to bring the action close to the audience, rather than shoving it away behind the proscenium arch. So it was in Shakespeare's own Globe Theatre. So it is in the Globe Theatre of today on London's South Bank. That proximity creates a shared intimacy which is vital. It's that which makes theatre work. Take away that shared intimacy and, in my opinion at least, the loss is so significant that the performance becomes an alien experience. It is no longer here but there and our relationship to it is so changed by that that it can no longer function effectively. Film is, of course, different. I don't want to talk about film. I don't feel qualified to do so. But what I do know is that a filmmaker is working in a completely different medium and thus has an awareness that when a film is projected, the actors will not be there in person. Only their filmed images will be present. And so a filmmaker creates a film knowing that to be the case. But a theatre director creates a stage production knowing that the audience will share the space with the actors. And that knowledge is part of the bedrock of theatre. Erica Wyman's production of The Winter's Tale was created in rehearsal with those performance conditions in mind. And despite the occasional use of close-ups, which we're not able to achieve with our own eyes in the theatre, the production was filmed pretty straightforwardly for TV, replicating more or less what one might hope to see from one of the top-priced seats in the stalls. So, shouldn't that have made the TV version a success? Oughtn't I to be praising the RSC for not messing about with the production and giving it a new kind of TV twist? Unfortunately, I really wish they had said to themselves, this can't work for TV in the same way that it works on stage. We have to start again from scratch. Because the consequence was that, for me, the broadcast failed. Whereas I hope that the same production, seen live, would have kept me engaged throughout the three hours it takes to perform. Let me just pick out 
one or two things which struck me forcefully. Right from the start, the acoustic of the performance was very strange. The speeches echoed, as any speech will do in a large space with a high degree of reverberation. Why? The answer was right there before us in any of the wide shots of the stage. Alongside the edge of the stage were rows of empty seats. The actors were performing to an essentially empty theatre. I can imagine this was a little soul-destroying for the actors, but the worst thing about it was that the theatre sounded just so empty. And this reinforced the sense that this performance was taking place in a hollow shell. The engagement with a crowd of living, breathing human beings, a packed auditorium, was completely absent. And of course, the living, breathing bodies of those audience members would have totally changed the acoustic of the space. I have never witnessed a clearer example of how the presence of an audience actually transforms the atmosphere of a space. It sounded as if the cast were performing in an empty warehouse or an aircraft hangar, rather than in a purpose-built home for theatre to flourish in. When we go to the theatre as a playgoer, we make an investment. We give up an evening or an afternoon of our time. And in the case of a Shakespeare play, we give up a significant chunk of time. If I drive for two and a half hours to get to Stratford and book into an hotel and spend money dining pre-show at a restaurant, by the time I reach the performance, I have made a significant investment, let alone the £100 I've paid for two tickets. I don't begrudge any of this investment. It's what I'm happy to do in order to experience a good production of a play like The Winter's Tale performed by a top-quality professional theatre company. So, when I arrive in my seat, I'm completely in the mood to be engaged. And so too, I'm sure, are the others who are sitting around me, eagerly anticipating the performance. A performance they, like me, may have booked ten months in advance. So I'm prepared to be more than a little forgiving. If the early scenes of the production seem a little slow, or if one of the main actors appears to be a little too histrionic, I don't immediately switch off. I don't damn the whole show because it manifests one or two obvious weaknesses. I want to be entertained. I want to be moved, to be taken on that journey, which leads, in the case of The Winter's Tale, from insane jealousy and rejection to sorrow and unlooked-for reconciliation. 
But when you sit in your own front room in front of the telly, you simply haven't made that investment. You simply can't make that investment. Well, I can't anyway. If you can, then I envy you. So when I found the opening scenes of Erica Wyman's production of The Winter's Tale to be less engaging than I'd hoped, and when I found Joseph Kloska's performance as Leontes disturbingly unconvincing and, well, let's say it, hammy and shouty, I began to feel distanced and disengaged from what I was watching on the screen. Would I have felt the same sitting in the stalls of the Royal Shakespeare Theatre along with hundreds of others? I think not. I can't be sure, but I think not. Because in those circumstances, I would be part of that performance too. I would be the other half of the actor-audience equation. I would be the soft machine that helps the theatre's acoustic work perfectly. And Joseph Kloska as Leontes would be responding to me and to all the others and not just projecting into empty space. In fact, I don't really want to pull his performance apart. I think he was probably doing his best under the circumstances. But the circumstances themselves were all wrong. And that's what concerned me so much. So I've learned that Shakespeare on TV needs to be something quite different from Shakespeare on stage. Right from the word go, a TV Shakespeare needs to be imagined, rehearsed, performed and recorded with the television experience in mind. But of course, uh, I don't mean anything like that terrible series the BBC produced in the studio back in the late 1970s and early 80s, where the plays came across as some dreadfully worthy heritage event performed by zombies rather than living human beings. But just in the same way that a film version of a Shakespeare play has to be reimagined for the cinema in order for it to have any chance of succeeding, so too a TV Shakespeare has to be reimagined and recreated. That was the great mistake that the Royal Shakespeare Company made. They wanted to put the stage production into our TV sets, into our living rooms, as if we were in the theatre watching it as it would have been performed. And that approach just does not work. The TV version of The Winter's Tale was, for me, a textbook example 
of how not to do Shakespeare on TV. That's all for episode nine. A bit different, but maybe that's a good thing. Do remember that you can email me at podcaststagingshakespeare at gmail.com And I hope you've been interested to think about Shakespeare on TV. Thanks very much for listening. Bye now. Bye.